Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here and welcome to The Doug Show. I'm going to be talking to my friend Adam Smith from Niche Website Builders. They did some client work and they built on an I don't know if it's an expired domain or a quote age domain, but it's an old domain and it had some powerful backlinks. And we're going to hear how this site basically came out of nowhere from, uh, I think it was December of 2020. And here we are about six months later, the site's getting roughly eight to 9,000 visitors per day. That's not per month, but per day. And that roughly equates to 250,000 page views per month in the last 30 days. So Adam, how's it going today? Good, thanks, Doug. I'm really good. How are you? Doing well. I uh, have to apologize. I'll even do it on air. I was a few minutes late. I looked at my calendar wrong. And uh, truth be told, I was out for a little jog when you um, pinged me. And then I luckily I was almost back. But uh, I was a few minutes late and I apologize for that. Thanks for hanging in there. And I'm looking no forward to hearing your story with this this client work here. So if, if people don't know you at all, they can listen to a few of the other episodes, but just quick 30 second intro. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah. So I'm Adam Smith. I'm a co-founder at Niche Website Builders. We help uh, affiliate marketers and content website owners uh, publish new content, build backlinks, or even build websites from scratch for you. And We'll put links so folks could, could check out the stuff, of course. But let's get into the details for what this client was able to do. And we don't have specific revenue amounts since that is, uh, you know, the proprietary information uh, for the client. But we do have some high-level details and sort of a step-by-step -step, uh, outline of what a person could do. So can you walk us through uh, the very beginning, like, where did this domain come from originally and then sort of the initial plan of what you guys were able to do? Sure. So this was a domain that we, we didn't source ourselves. The client actually brought this domain to us. It's, it's a really interesting story because um, the domain itself was quite expensive. I think the client paid somewhere in the region of $17,000 just for the domain. And uh, it, it was at, at GoDaddy auction. And me and Mark were actually watching the, the 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 auction. We'd identified this as being a good domain, and then the price went way past like what we would pay for it. And we were like, "Wow, who the hell is, who's paying this kind of money for this domain?" And then the very next day, lo and behold, our client emailed us and said, "I picked up this great domain yesterday. Can you build something on it for me?" We're like, "Oh wow, we were, yeah." course we were watching that last night and it turns out the one of the reasons why uh, I think the price went for so much is that it's it was associated with someone quite famous uh, so it was associated with uh, almost a, a household name it was one of their uh, philanthropy projects um, so not only was it a, a great site I think it, had a, it was a high DR50 um, some incredible links from New York Times and Forbes and sites that you can't buy links on but it also had this association with uh with someone quite quite well known so he said you know i've got this domain what can you do um and it was in um in a specific area that's that's very neat uh, that's very broad the the niche is very broad so we had to kind of decide where we were going to start um and in that case we it's, it's always difficult to know where to start in a broad niche but Essentially, what we did was look for uh, similar competitors in this space, and I and I think we've talked about this before, Doug. Our our approach to finding keywords in in spaces like this, where 
we essentially build out a big list of competitors in the space. We pull out six domain metrics for them and rank them highest to lowest with our our domain in there. And then anybody who's weaker than us, so they have a weaker domain, but they're doing extremely well uh, with organic traffic. They're almost anomaly sites that we look for. Uh, we then try and reverse engineer what's working well for those guys, what keywords they're doing, how they structure their content, uh, the word length, um, all of that, uh, those, those aspects. And essentially, we, we come up with an initial plan that was for around 150,000 words. Okay. And I guess just to backtrack, you, you guys have done a few of these. You personally have done some. I know Mark has a couple of these uh, in his sort of portfolio, or at least he's worked on some in the past too. Have you seen any site that has taken off this quickly with that level of traffic? No, no. I've, I've honestly never seen anything like this. In one respect, me and Mark both look back now and we, we think of that night that we were watching the auction, thinking who the hell is paying this? And if we could reverse time six months, we, we would have happily paid that for it. So no, no I've never, the, the honest answer is I've never seen anything take off quite so quick. Okay. Where would you expect like an average domain? Maybe you have one that's roughly the same um age maybe same amount of content so after six months what might you expect yeah so with an expired domain you you definitely expect some uh some results quicker than if you were working with a a fresh domain but even at six months even for an expired domain that's still that's still really new uh you would expect a couple of hundred to maybe a couple of thousand visitors per month at this point um so the fact that this is two hundred and fifty thousand is I don't. I can't explain it. It's it's almost ranking for any piece of content you put on there. It's 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 ranking even even really broad keywords that I have tens of thousands of searches per month. Um, it just ranks for those two. All right. And before we get into some of the more tactical stuff in here and some of the other strategies that you used, was the was your client pretty experienced, like they had confidence in spending 17K on such a domain. I mean, you guys even balked at it. I'm thinking, hey, 17,000 is quite a lot for, I mean, you could buy a car, right? And you could buy a little yeah. used car. So yeah, yeah what, what experience level did, did the client have? <laughs> in all honesty, I don't think it's his first site, but it's it's certainly one of the first sites. Um, so he's he's, quite hands-off in terms of, uh, well, I say hands-off, he likes to get involved in the strategy aspect of things. So when we do the keyword research, he has a lot of input there on what competitors we should be looking at and targeting and that kind of stuff. Um, but the actual doing, he's it, it, quite hands-off. We handled everything from all of the schema implementation, pretty much uh, from start to finish, everything from the, the research to the format into the uploading to the publishing to the making of the site. Um, so I don't think he's super experienced. Uh, I think he his day job, uh, if you want to call it that, um, pays quite well. I think that he's in the investing space. So I think he just had uh, a lot of capital to deploy and, and was looking for somewhere to put it. And um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say it was a punt because it was an expensive punt on a, on a domain like that. But um I think if he if he had asked most people, ninety nine percent of people would have told him not to buy a domain like that because, like, 
it's just a crazy price essentially for one of your first projects right and the psychological things going on with an auction i mean i've overpaid for things on an auction when it, you just get a little competitive and a little more emotional and less you know looking at the yeah the stats on paper you know so and, and me, me and mark have this uh have this back and forth all the time when we when we're bidding at auction and i, I remember it was only a couple of months back there was this great great domain uh and it went up we, we always decide like our max bid price before uh and it went up to that and then over and i said oh i'm we're just going to go a little bit more mark said no and we went a little bit more and then a little bit more and i ended up having to promise him that if we didn't sell it then i would personally buy it from the business <laughs> so yeah it's it's so easy to get caught up like we, we do it all the time and it's you can still get caught up right and it Obviously, this is working out pretty well for for this person. So far, so good, right? Any anything can happen in the future, but you know, we could pick these examples and think, oh well, it worked out for this person. It's okay if I if I go too far and pay a little bit more and get caught up in the. Um, I mean, it's exciting and it may actually get you more pumped up to work on the thing. But at the same time, you know, n- nobody go into debt t- trying to do this shit. Right. No. <laughs> okay. No. So. Definitely not. So, uh, bef- I'm thinking of more of these, um, like overall questions too. So, do you know just ballpark? Mm-hmm. I I realize you may not be able to share this exactly. Do you know how much the person has invested? Uh, so, 17k on the domain. Do you know how much he's spent with your services? Obviously, could have spent on other things too. But I'm just curious how much he's put into it so far. Yeah, so with I think with the initial domain and then the, the other domains that have been redirected in, I think that it's roughly about twenty five thousand just on on domains itself. And I think mm-hmm. in terms of content, it's probably it's probably close to forty thousand dollars on content. Um, so forty, fifty, about sixty five, seventy thousand dollars all in, plus anything else that he's had done separate as well. Okay, so obviously that's a lot of money. Sixty-five thousand dollars in, yeah. you know, six, seven months or so. However, right, we don't know how much the site's making, but we were chatting beforehand, and you approximated about five thousand per month, give or take. Right, there's yeah. a lot of variables, but at the you know five thousand mm-hmm. per month mark, the site's probably worth anywhere from like say one hundred and forty-five to one hundred and sixty-five thousand, roughly. Yeah, plus the the latest round of content that we've added was is literally just uh, just gone live on the site. So there, there's all that still to come. So there's still potential for quite a bit more upside with the with the existing current spend too. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So let's start talking about some of the content and mm-hmm. things that, that you did. So it sounded like he sourced the domain, contacted you the next day. You guys literally built the site, set up WordPress, the theme and all the yeah. all the business, right? Okay. Yes. And then you had a plan for 150,000 words of content. Um, how did that go uh, getting it written and then rolling it out? How, how long did it take to publish all that first set? I believe that went live within within the first four to five weeks. So um, it's, it's, quick, it's a quick process up to that kind of level of content with us. We get that turned around in a four to five week process on, on the site build aspect. Um, once we've agreed the keyword research plan, then the team start writing the content. Uh, we then start uh, getting the graphics created. So the logos and the color scheme, and we have some back and forth uh, to make sure they're happy at that point. And then we build the site and we've got a, 
a very specific structure, like the, the, the site structure that we use. Um, and I think, again, we've talked about this in our, on our previous chats, but essentially it's, um, it's a very simple site. We use Astra as our base theme, um, and we make use of the homepage extensively to link through to category pages and important pages. Uh, but then the category pages are custom category pages where we don't have pagination and they're set out so everything is on on one page essentially. Um, just to reduce click depth, to make it easier for Google to crawl, easier for user experience. Um, so we set that up there while the team are creating the content and then it all comes together at the end of that four to five week period where we, we publish the content, we format it, um, we get it all live, we set up search console, we submit the sitemaps, we set up analytics, uh, we do all the internal linking with Spencer's Link Whisper tool, um, and then it, it's good to go. That's essentially the end of the project. It's handed back to, to the client for, for them to review and let us know they're happy, any amends or changes uh, before the project's kind of finalized and finished and handed over then. And you said about 150,000 words of content. So is that a, roughly about 100 posts or so? Yeah, I think so. The majority of this content was informational. There was definitely some aspects of commercial content in there. Um, but it, it, the we took our, our steer for the length of the content based on the competitors that we were imitating. So if they had a, a 1,500-word piece of content on a specific topic, then we would have a 1,650-word piece that allows us a little bit more room to add some more detail typically in the form of some question-based content at the end. So we can, we know that we've got a better domain. We know that we've got at least the same content, if not better, same structure, same word count. Uh, but over time with good internal linking, better page structure and site structure and a better domain, then we should be able to take that traffic from them. Okay. So you got this initial 100 articles or so based on all the competitor analysis and different details you just mentioned. So what happens yeah. next? Um, do you publish more content? What What did the client want to do? What did you recommend? So in, usually at this point, we recommend that you, you don't do a lot. Um, so it's a, it's a, a new domain, or an expired domain, but it's a new site. You, you typically want to leave it marinate and age for, for a little bit to see some traction. You want to see some visitors and analytics. You want to see keywords coming in in Ahrefs so you can get an idea that this is working and the domain is, is taking off. Um, and usually that takes, you know, at least a couple of months. But in this case, it was very, very quick. Literally within the first couple of weeks, there was quite a few visitors in analytics and the organic uh, keyword graph in Ahrefs just started exploding. And we're like, wow, like this is this is good. Um, and then he said, well, if it's good, let's let's go, let's go for it, let's let's push it. So I believe at that point we added another hundred thousand words of content working down the same plan that we we pulled up initially we just carried on working through that plan all right so you mentioned waiting to see yeah. what happened I, I imagine that's mostly to just hedge the risk of continuing to invest in something that's not working is there any other reason aside from just waiting to see and you know so, so you're not throwing money away yeah, it, it's that, and it's also a confidence thing. Um, I mean, lots of our customers who have built on expired domains in the past and, and know how they work, they don't mind just keep on to keep on going straight away. But 
lots of people that we work with, this is the first time they've either built a site from scratch or they've they've built on an expired domain. So before we before they start investing more money, we just want for their peace of mind for them to start seeing some traction, for them to start seeing action. Um, so it's a it's a mixture of both. It's it's for confidence and also that you're not throwing money after something that's not quite working out. All right. So another order, hundred thousand words came in, and I imagine it took about a, a month or so to get that out. A little bit less yeah. than before. Um, what about link building? Did you do any of that? I know obviously there there were existing links going to it. That's the whole point with these expired domains. But did yeah. you uh, lean on that at all? No, so we didn't actually do any physical link building, but what we did do, which is the next, what happened next was utilize more expired domains and redirect those in, redirected those in. And that essentially is is what's been, what, what we've done for link building for this website. So we haven't run any shotgun skyscraper techniques. We've not built any guest posts or niche edits or, or anything like that. Okay. Can you tell us about the metrics and the overall authority of those other expired domains how many did you get what what was the thought process to integrate those yeah um i don't know the metrics off the top of my head but i believe they were all around the the dr25 to dr35 range um so there's been three in total now um and essentially they are they're complementary to shoulder niches or, or sub niches of the overall category so for example, if this was the, the outdoor space, then one of the expired domains may be in the camping niche, and it may have been a, um, I don't know, a camping e-commerce store in a past life. And then we, we say, okay, well, this is a great fit. It's a shoulder niche that's related to the, the 250 words that we've just put on there, but we may not have directly covered the camping space. So let's pick up this domain, let's redirect it in, and, and I guess we'll talk about the, the specific process that we how we how we did that um and then let's create a new batch of content that's all about camping on the site and build out uh, another category within the site essentially got it okay yeah let's get into the details mm -hmm. how did you 301 redirect mm -hmm. or whatever technique you ended up using so um i see lots of people talk about like 301 redirect in in the facebook groups and in the community and how they're not super effective anymore or, or they don't work or they're bad. Um, but there are, there are a couple of different things you've got to, you've got to keep in mind when you are looking at redirects. And I think the main one, which lots of people overlook is can the primary domain absorb the redirect? Is it powerful enough? And what I mean by that is if you were to redirect a stronger domain into your, into your primary domain that has, more referring domains or stronger branded anchor text than what you currently have, you can end up distorting your your anchor text where the, the primary anchor text for your website anymore is no longer your brand. It's the brand of the domain that you've redirected in. Uh, and I've seen this happen several times in the past where it almost feels like Google gets confused then. This is the brand. The brand is xyz.com, but all of a sudden your main anchor text is bobswebsite.com. Like, that that doesn't look natural. Um, so you, I think you've always got to keep that in mind. Um, but the, so that was obviously one of the, the aspects and the reason why we went for DR twenties to thirties. So so the, the primary domain was strong enough to to absorb them. 
And then rather than just redirect them to the home page, uh, which is one of the strategies I see people talk about, or redirect individual URLs to related posts that are already on the website, we didn't really have any because it's kind of like a, a subtopic we hadn't covered. We created a, a shotgun piece of content that was like a 5,000 word guide all about camping, for example, where to go camping, how to camp safely, what you should take, or like a shotgun piece that we would create for our shotgun skyscraper pieces. Uh, we set that up as a, a new page on the website, and then we re, 301 redirected the, the whole URL into that page. And then once we created a bunch of camping content, we went back through and internally linked to those pieces from that skyscraper piece. Um, and then uh, put out some press releases to say that our main website was super proud and super excited to have acquired this other brand, this domain, um, and it's now part of this bigger brand website and, and um, just basically trying to imitate what a, a real business would do if they were acquiring another business. So they would put out a press release statement. They would create a piece of content on their website that was all about talking about the old website and how it's great for for the readers of the of our, of our original website. Um, so that's the methodology that we took. Got it. And I, I want to highlight that too because – my reaction probably a couple of years ago would have been 301 redirects are fairly suspect, right? Because this is a thing that SEOs do and marketers tend to abuse things. So it's really easy to find very just horrible examples of, of this done in a poor way. But let's say niche website builders acquires niche site project. Yeah. You would probably take my content, you would take all, all that is useful, integrate it however you saw fit, and then redirect things properly. Perhaps you move your content, because I think my domain is stronger than yours, it's older. Yeah. So like niche website builders maybe would move your stuff into my domain and then redirect anything that you had into niche site project. It's an yeah. acquisition Businesses do it all the time. People go out of business, things change, whatever. So it, it is normal it is natural. And by putting out the press release, you're leaving sort of a, a breadcrumb trail. If, if anyone comes looking, if you get, if that site were to be penalized, you could say, oh no, th this was a business acquisition. You could see there's press releases out there. So that said, where was the press release from? If you happen to know uh, what service? It was from web20ranker.com. Web okay. Very good. And uh, you recommended them. I've looked at uh, some of the services they have, and I think they have some uh, some services I wouldn't use, but they also have some viable ones that make sense if you know what you're looking for, just like a press release. Yeah. Okay, great. So th the other domains, there were three additional expired domains acquired. So those those three domains were essentially the same process as that as that first one, um, where there are subtopics of the overall niche or sub niches of the overall broad niche. Um, and we essentially just uh, started the whole process again. We started the keyword research process again of finding weak competitors within those subtopics, and then looked to imitate their best performing content in terms of word length, structure, titles, h tags, um, all that. Um, until essentially we, we had a brand new uh, category on the website that then covered that, that topic, essentially. 
Okay. And for each of those, you had the shotgun piece, and then you're yep. able to link out to essentially all the pieces of content from that skyscraper piece, right? Yes, that's it. Okay. And you're, you're almost treating that as like a new mini homepage, if you will. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, Ezoic. Leap is a new product that they have. It's replacing the old site speed accelerator, and they're getting rid of the old subscription model that was with the old product. So now, Leap is free. It's 100% free to Ezoic monetization customers. And basically, it's a robust tool set that works perfectly with the Ezoic cloud to deliver core web vital friendly ads. That is a mouthful. So I think I messed up on the cadence, but you get the idea. The thing is here, Leap is for core web vitals. It's more than just another optimization tool. It's an entire tool set that eliminates the need for expensive plugins, technologies, and analytics. Right. Let me say it again. It eliminates the need for those expensive plugins. I know a lot of people will push specific plugins. A lot of them have, uh, really annual fees, but again, Leap is included if you're using the Ezoic monetization. And basically, it makes it possible for all sites using Leap to pass the core web vitals. And the thing is, if you show ads on your site, it's probably going to load slower. But the thing is, core web vitals and Leap they work together well here. So the Ezoic cloud works with Leap to deliver server-side ads along with the entire page via the new Ezoic Edge so that everything passes Core Web Vitals. This feature is limited to sites integrated with the Ezoic Cloud and it's not available anywhere else. But the thing is, Leap is awesome. They sponsor the show. Ezoic's great to work with. I've been working with them for a few years. So if you are concerned, if you need help with your Core Web Vitals, check out Leap. It could be the right thing for you to do. How much time elapsed between these, uh, you know, three other expired domains? Were were you nervous at all to have several of these happen in a you know short amount of time? Yeah, yes, it is the honest answer. But it, but usually you you people don't redirect or use this three hundred one uh, domain strategy with the correct domain. If you think about what this domain used to be, it used to be a public-facing project headed up by someone who's a household name, essentially, that was a brand in itself and had uh, press coverage across pretty much every major news outlet. So when they started, it just made sense from a uh, looking natural perspective that they would then go on to acquire related businesses, in this case, content businesses, and build content around them. So... I mean, it's it's yet to be seen if this is a long-term strategy and who knows where this site will be in another two, three years. But, I mean, it's worked extremely well so far and you see this happening all the time with bigger websites. I mean, um, I, I see it all. I, I, there's, there's tons of examples. I could probably send you some after, after the call of other big content websites acquiring smaller sites and merging them in. And even just acquiring domains and merging them in, I've seen that when we've been looking at expired domains to purchase, 
I'm like, oh, this has been 301 redirected to this website for the last two years. And this website is like a household name website. What were they doing with that? And then you have a look where it was re- redirected to. And they just had a page which said, we've acquired this brand and this is going to be great for our audience. It's the exact same strategy and kind of what we've done here. Yep. And uh, just <clears throat> another example that people can go look at is uh, Neil Patel purchased Uber Suggest and yeah. it had a lot of links pointing to it. And then if you go look at his backlink profile, you can see when he acquired Uber Suggest because neilpatel.com ended up getting whatever, tens of thousands of links or whatever it was, huge boost. So, yeah. all right. So these uh, three other domains are added. What happens with um, the content? So you mentioned you, you found more and more keywords. How much content did you add after these three acquisitions? So for, for each domain, we added around 100,000 words. So there's another 300,000 words added then. All right. So what the total <laughs> sort of word count and a number of articles, you have like a ballpark on that? It's it's about 550-ish thousand words, uh, maybe a little bit more. Um, and it's about 400 posts, I believe, there or about. Okay. Which obviously, that's a lot in a short amount of time and this individual invested a lot, but I know just with my interactions, there are a lot of people who are publishing a whole lot of content in short, short amount of time these days. So it's not really that crazy. I mean, the, the crazy part is the initial domain that was $17,000 via an auction. So pretty, pretty big deal. Well, any other details around the, the content strategy and enrolling all these expired domains into one super domain? Not in terms of, of like technical, how it was done. I mean, it, it's pretty straightforward how it, how it was done. There was, there's no, there's no secret or magic kind of literally what we've just gone through is exactly what we've done. Um, but I do think the, a big chunk of this site success is to do with, with its original domain. One question that we get asked a lot, and this is probably a great example of a site that's, um, of why we recommend this is when you make a new website, should you publish all of the content as quickly as you can, or should you schedule it to go out over a six month period or, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever that looks like. And I mean, there's a, there's different schools of thought on, on that. Our school of thought is time is a ranking factor. So publish it as quickly as you can, especially if you go into, to be doing follow on rounds of content. Um, so, so yeah, I guess our takeaway is, if you see traction early and you've got the budget, then you can go aggressive um, and, and publish content as quickly as you can. Essentially, there's only two things that are there's only two ingredients to grow in a, a website, and that's good content. That's a good you know based on good keyword research and good quality links. And typically, with a good expired domain, you've already crossed out one of those in the short to medium term. So it's just a case of how much content can you push out as quickly as you can, typically. Well said. Is there a sort of cap on how much content you think this person will be able to to publish in this niche, or is it sort of no. one of those that's nearly unlimited? It's almost unlimited. I mean, some of the competitors that we were imitating for this content strategy are getting millions of visitors per month. So, and I genuinely believe on its current trajectory, like within the next six months, this site is probably going to hit 
close to a million, I think, visitors per month. It's just on such a, an explosive trajectory. One thing which uh, uh, you might be interested in and your readers might be interested in is talking about domains at auction and expensive domains. We we see some domains go for crazy prices and then we make a little note of them uh, as our uh, interest in domains to, to follow and see what happens with them. And there was one this week. I'll just pull it up here which you can follow and maybe your audience can follow. It was the, the domain ended up going for around $65,000 in the end, just the domain. Um, and I think it was, here we go, vitamindcouncil.org. I think it's DR70 something. And yeah, we were watching it and we were like, wow, this is a, this is probably going to go for like $20,000, $25,000. And then the end of price was 65 something maybe. So that's on our interest in domain lists to follow. And maybe people who are interested can can have a little look in a couple of months to see what whoever bought that, what they do with it and how that takes off too. Amazing. And uh, you know what? I've never purchased <clears throat> a domain from GoDaddy Auctions or anything. Is that where you f- were watching this one? Yes, that's it. And is there a way to look at these sold auctions out there so you can a person can go back historically and look and see, oh, yeah. this domain sold for X amount in the last six months or whatever? Yeah, there is a there is a tool. I'll try and remember after so you can you can put it in the show notes. There there's a tool you can check, but I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Okay. Well, people can Google it and f- figure it out yeah. on their own too. If you're, if they're really <laughs> interested, I suck with show notes. So I'll be honest <laughs> cool. with you. I almost never go back to uh, no pe- people then ask me, Hey, you know, Adam said he was going to give a link. He probably did. I probably just didn't put it in there. Okay. The point is you, you could find it. Um, yes. and it could be interesting. Like, like you said, just to, Hey, uh, a year ago, someone paid you know twenty thousand dollars for this domain. Is it yeah. doing anything now? What di- like if it worked? What did they do? You can kind yeah. of go back and see like what they published and when. I mean, there's no way that they can remove all the breadcrumb trail and like what yeah. they did. Like you can go back and see how much they published and when and the backlinks. If they three hundred one redirect other domains and stuff, like you can monitor yeah. all that stuff with the right tools. So yeah, hence hence our domain list. Our our list of interest in domains is getting quite long now, and like it's, it'll be interesting to go back, like you say, in twelve months and see what happened, who bought them, what they've done with them. Yeah, very crazy. Okay, well, is there anything else that is interesting that I didn't ask you about with this? Mainly just around monetization, maybe. Um, so this this site is predominantly like 95% informational content. So during that first round of initial uh, content, the first 150,000 words, they w- we did add some commercial content. And even though it did start to, to rank, it definitely didn't rank as well as the informational content. So we just concentrated there. But it, it's just, that was interesting to me because you think with a great domain like that, you would be able to rank for both commercial and informational keywords but it just keeps bringing us back to this point and the way that we are changing up our thinking on on content sites essentially to move more towards just pure informational based sites these days rather than you know product based especially amazon product based um and i just thought that was interesting like even with a crazy powerful domain that was blowing everything out of the water on the informational side 
it still seemed to struggle a bit on the the commercial content. And I don't know whether that was to do with the content, the keywords being more competitive, or if it was to do with the relevance thing. I mean, the the website wasn't a commercial website in the past. It was a philanthropy informational project. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to it, but I just thought it was interesting, an interesting observation. Right. And I've, I've seen that trend as well. And, and yeah, there's a lot more keywords that are just informational versus the product keywords that we all used to just go after. You don't have to have as many visitors to earn the same amount of money. And I was talking to Shauna Newman not too long ago, (laughs) and she is doing a pure informational site, something she usually doesn't do. And she has gotten a lot more traffic than she would expect with her normal model of building sites. However, her earnings are, you know, fraction of what they would be something like 20, 25% of what she would normally expect her site to do in the same amount of time, way more traffic, but way less money. So it's an interesting thing because I mean, it's spreading the risk in some ways, and we don't know yeah. what's going to happen in the future with commission rates, for example, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, all right. It's interesting you mention that because we actually we actually did some analysis of our of our own personal websites recently, which showed the difference between that because we wanted to we're very data driven. We wanted to see that. So, our typical RPM from a best of Amazon guide was between sixty and eighty dollars RPM rate. And then typically uh, an informational piece of content is between 15 and 25. So yeah, it's like a third essentially of the RPM rate. But what was also interesting is our average best of guides tended to be around two and a half thousand words, whereas our average informational piece of content tended to be about a thousand words. So when you when you break it down like that and you double it, then the you know the RPM for the same amount of content is not a massive amount of difference, but the difference being the competition level is way lower on the informational side. So you can rank those keywords a lot easier. You may need slightly more in terms of word count, but the end result typically over a longer period of time is better with the display ads these days. And further, so awesome point, a lot of times it's less research and it's easier to write the informational content. So you don't have to, look for the specific products. You don't have to tell the writer, the writer doesn't have to find them. They're just writing an essay, right? They're writing an essay on some topic. So not only, and I never thought of the, the length of the content, but then you put in the fact that it is maybe a little bit easier to write, less research intensive. And then you end up with, uh, it's, it's a little bit closer than you would expect. Now for me, right. People still buy stuff on Amazon. And I think a blend, you know, you have a digital product affiliate programs, Am- yeah. Amazon, people buy stuff there. Even if you don't put any links they're, they're going to end up at Amazon somehow. And then, of course, yeah. a ton of informational topics. So I think a blend is probably the best way. But if you were you know, more rigid and you just wanted to do informational, I think you'd probably be in a pretty good spot. So, yeah, all right. For sure. Cool. Anything else, Adam? Um, no, I think that's it, really. I think that kind of covers everything that we did on the on the high level or everything that we we can share with this with this domain, this client. Yeah, I, I hope I uh, hope your audience kind of find some value in in it, even though it's very high level. Um, and I mean, if they have specific questions, then I'm more than happy to 
to answer those. Uh, you know, they can get in touch with me and, and I can answer those. Um, but I obviously I just can't give away the the niche or the URL or anything like that. But if they if they go well, what happened next or how did you do this or anything specific, then I mean I'm I'm pretty open and, and we're pretty amicable to to discussing these kinds of things anyway. Awesome. And you guys do. I'll, I'll give you a chance to plug the service that you guys do. So you have essentially an expired domain sort of package without being too salesy. Yeah. What's it all about? What what, what can sure. someone expect? Yeah. So we do everything from start to finish essentially is the, is the strap line. Um, we find the domains, we source the domains, we vet them. We have a very strict eight step process of, of vetting and um, we actually have a podcast on and we share this, like we share what our eight-step process is. So you can go and listen to what our eight-step process is on our podcast. And once we've sourced the domain, we would then do uh, everything we've just talked about, essentially. So the keyword research, the the logo, the graphics, the building of the site, publishing of the content, uh, setting up Search Console analytics, submitting the site maps, doing all the internal linking, essentially everything that we would do for one of our own personal websites uh, as the package, and then it's ready to hand over to you as a as a finished product. Okay, well, and I'll, I'll press you on it a little bit. So why not keep those yourself? If this works so well, yeah. why are you selling them? We do is the honest answer. I think uh, I think we sp- <laughs> we sp- we spoke prior. So I spent all of almost twenty twenty building an expired domain every single month for my own personal portfolio. So I, I built one every month. Um, so the honest fact is there's there's just too many out there for us to build our own. I mean, when we started the company, we started the company predominantly to build a team for Minor Mark's own personal portfolio. And we very quickly realized that they were, you know, we we'd hit on something that other people would be interested in the service. And, you know, there's just too much out there for us to keep it all for ourselves. And if we if we did that, we wouldn't have an agency. So it's a it's a mixture of both. We do both. Right. Okay. And, and I was going to say, I, I can relate because some, this hasn't happened in a while, but occasionally people would want to, they would pitch me and they, they'd want to partner with me and say, Hey, you have like the framework. I'll, I'll do a lot of work and blah. They try to get me to sign an NDA and some other stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going to sign an NDA. I'm too busy. I'm not going to take your idea. Like go do your idea. I don't really, it's fine. There's plenty of ideas. I'm not going to take it in the other part. Like I, I didn't know who the people were, so I'm not going to sign an NDA for some <laughs> random person. And then they'd yeah. say, uh, Oh, you, you can't compete in any of these niches because yeah. you signed the NDA, which is nonsense. Right. So I, I never signed mm-hmm. an NDA for anything like that. Um, yeah. that said, yeah, there's, there's tons of opportunity and that makes sense, Adam, why, you know, you, you built 12 sites. It's a lot to manage. You guys are running the agency. There's plenty out there for, for everyone, I think. So, all right. I think that's it for me. Um, any other thoughts, Adam, before we wrap? No, no, I think that's it. I mean, um, yeah, like I say, if people want to ask specific questions or or they want to learn more, then they can they can get in touch with us on our website. We've got a little Facebook chat on there. So that goes directly to Mark. Or you can email me directly on um, team at nichewebsite.builders, and that comes uh, straight to me. So I'll come back to you there. All right. Awesome. Always good to catch up. Appreciate it, Adam. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate your time.
Thanks a lot to Adam. Really appreciate him sharing the story about this age domain situation, a bit of a shortcut. So check out their offerings and stuff like that. You're eligible to save if you use my coupon code, which you can get if you follow the link in the show notes. I'm an affiliate, so I do get a commission if you buy anything. I really appreciate it if you do. They have tons of different services, including content, link building packages of different varieties, and of course, some of these age domains, which they can potentially source the domain for you and you get sort of a whole inclusive package. So I think I'm going to leave it at that for today. Have a great day. We'll catch you on the next episode.